0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Canucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Justin Morissette and this is your Locked On Canucks for the morning of Tuesday, February 18th. Though you might be listening to it on Monday night because, hey, we're slinking it out a little bit early because it is uh, in relation to breaking news, late breaking news on the holiday Monday, family day interrupted by the uh, fact that the Canucks added... To their family, well, I guess subtracting to their family as well. Tim Schaller is gone, as is Tyler Madden, and this year's second-round pick, a possible uh, conditional fourth-round pick in twenty twenty-two, as well. In return, Tyler Toffoli of the Los Angeles Kings is your newest Vancouver Canuck. and um, you know what? Personally, I don't, I don't hate the move. I, I really don't. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, is it the wrong time to be making a pushing all-in kind of moves like this? Yes, this is the kind of move that uh, you would make when you've already made the playoffs a couple times and are looking for that extra nudge to put you over the top. Not a move that you make when you are uh, teetering on the brink of whether or not you're going to make the playoffs or not. I I think the Canucks are definitely going to make it, but I mean, that unwavering belief of mine that they're going to kind of takes a hit with the news that came out right after the trade was reported uh, that uh, Jim Benning announced uh, that Brock Besser is out for at least another three weeks. He has a cartilage tear in his ribs and will be reexamined three weeks from now. Um, You know, it's... Hey, what I will say, tip of the cap to Jim Benning and uh, John Weisbrot on this one, that they did not reveal the full extent of... Uh, Brock Besser's injury until this deal was already done because they did not want uh, to be bent over the barrel and allow Rob Blake to demand a king's ransom for the team, knowing full well that they were going to be without Brock Besser heading towards the playoffs for the next several weeks. At a time when you know these are critical weeks for the team, um, they've got some big games that they need to come up with points in. They need to fare a lot better than they had uh, in the last two against Anaheim and Chicago. Those performances, I don't think, were. Uh, acceptable by any standard, but certainly not the standard of a team that thinks that they are going to be making some waves in the postseason. So, uh, you know, in in that regard, I, I think it's a odd process, I guess, to give up picks like this and push all the way in, not have a single draft pick available to you until... Uh, well into the draft at a time when you are still on the upswing this is the beginning of this team's competitive window. it is not uh, you know the middle or or any other time that might be deemed more acceptable to make these kinds of uh, all-in sort of splash moves. having said that, they didn't give up a whole heck of a lot. Yes, a second-round pick is a lot, but it only feels like a lot because they already traded their first. If they went out and dealt their second in a vacuum in a world where they had not made the J.T. Miller trade already, I don't think anybody would be that upset about it. I don't think anybody is upset about the fact that Tim Schaller is no longer a part of this team. You know, uh, I don't even think the L.A. Kings wanted Tim Schaller. They just needed to take him so that the salaries would work uh, and the Canucks would be able to make this deal and fit within uh, the salary cap structure. So uh, the real sticking point is whether you believe that Tyler Madden was a surefire NHL prospect who was going to make the show and uh, and make a splash at the league level. I'm not sure that I'm right there with it. And even if I was, I would say, look at what this team has at center right now a team that has Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, and Adam Gaudet uh, up the middle for the foreseeable future, and whether it's one of Jay Beagle or uh, Brandon Sutter, somebody to anchor that fourth-line role as well. You know, I-, I don't know that there was a future on this roster with this configuration, with the contracts that are already locked in for Tyler Madden to be an NHL player for the Canucks, no matter how he panned out. And he was, you know, I think the... The ideal scenario, like the, the ceiling of what a Tyler Madden could turn into, is what Adam Gaudette already is. So a bit of a redundant asset, and that's what redundant assets are for, to go out and help you address your weaknesses, make moves to shore up places where you need help. And the Canucks decided that they needed help in the form of a top six winger. They went out and got one. Whether you agree with the move or not, you have to kind of tip your cap and respect that this team is saying that the window starts now, that we are pushing all in, that this is the beginning of a winning period for this group. Um, I I still think this team needs work on defense. I'm not sure entirely that they're done making the moves that they're going to make by the time the trade deadline comes to pass, but. Hey, we're right at the beginning of it, and uh, I'm excited to see what the next week has in store. I will say, I was holding my breath like crazy when the trade came down, just terrified that one of uh, you know Vasilipod Podkolzin or um, Hoglander was going to be in 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 this deal in some way. That you know, <laughs> are they so desperate that they would give up one of those guys? Uh, they are not. They are not that desperate. They are not at a point where they are giving up their prime prime assets. Tyler Madden is a second tier prospect for this team and it's totally fine that they let him go. I don't have a problem with the deal itself necessarily. Just, you know, this is I I put this on Twitter earlier and I think it's true. You can understand the frustrations of people in this fan base watching this team trade away picks and prospects to a team like the LA Kings who are selling off veterans of when they used to be good. Um When this team went through that process of being a bad team for a very long time and never at any point traded away any of their veteran players to get draft picks back in return, in fact, held on to Dan Hamhuse for absolutely no reason because they didn't think that a third-round pick was an acceptable return. Well, congrats, idiots. You got nothing instead. Um, so there's some frustration there that we went through all the pain of being a rebuilding team, but never actually did it. And we cannot wait to jump in to being a buyer at the deadline at a time when it might not be the right point to do that either. I can understand, uh, feeling frustrated about that, but Hey, this is what they've done. We've got to live with it. And I don't think it's all that bad to be, uh, to be truthful. However, what I can't tell you is what Tyler Toffoli is set to bring to this lineup. So I enlisted some help. Sarah Avampato is uh, going to join me to do that. She's the host of Locked On Kings, covering the L.A. franchise on a daily basis. And in fact, let's bring her into the conversation right now. Without further ado, here she is. Of course, coming to you on the day that the Canucks make a trade with the L.A. Kings, bringing in Tyler Toffoli. To break it down, I am joined by someone who talks every day about the L.A. Kings, somebody who joins me on wednesdays to talk about everything that goes on in the western conference on the uh, national locked on nhl show it's sarah avampato of locked on kings sarah uh usually we do this on tuesday nights so i guess we uh, convened about 24 hours early
1: please be nice to my boy
0: (laughs) i hey i have nothing against tyler toffoli and i really have nothing against tyler madden either I just, I don't know. It's been a long day. I was supposed to, my work day was supposed to end and then this trade happened and now it's five hours later and I'm still here. So, you know, this is I'm at the end of my rope. I'm a little bit uh, lucid. It might be a little silly tonight, but uh, we gotta talk about this guy because uh, you know Tyler Toffoli certainly much better than I do. Earlier I was making the joke that in lieu of the guy that destroyed them in the playoffs in 2015 uh, in Michael Furland they went out and got the guy who destroyed them in 2012. I was wrong about that. Tyler Toffoli was still uh, with the uh, Monarchs in 2012 so I I guess he just totally fits the mold of what I associate with uh, LA Kings playoff hockey at the time that the Kings were you know a a repeat champion there and a contender throughout the decade so I kind of uh, just merged him into part of that team but he does play that kind of bruising physical playoff style does he not? He
1: does. And I think that he's someone who, especially in that 2014 Cup run, like really stepped it up a notch. And that was kind of when he really burst onto the scene and people were like, oh, okay, like this kid's for real. Like he's an actual player. Um, Unfortunately, he has just played on the Los Angeles Kings for so many years that his like, shooting percentage and ability to put the puck in the net has like declined along with the rest of the Kings uh, but you know I think that he has the penchant as everyone saw uh, at the stadium series game over the weekend where he scored the first hat trick in outdoor game history in the NHL uh, he scored all three goals for the Kings uh, he has the penchant of turning it up for really big games uh, whenever he's kind of challenged he manages to really up his performance um, for example Todd McClellan sat him at the beginning of the season as a healthy scratch for a game and he turned around and put together a really solid stretch of hockey uh after that in sort of response so he he does like you know he he's not he's not the dustin brown kind of physical player of like the sort of goonery kind of is that hit good or bad uh player but you know he's a big boy he is not afraid to like be physical with with the puck and in the corners and stuff but um I think that he he knows a big game when he sees one, and that is really, I think, when he shines. So um, I can't wait to see him in the playoffs. Please be nice to him. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I I got the impression uh, that—I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here. Because when I first heard the news, I sort of felt like Vancouver had just gone out and acquired uh, a— a heavier, grittier version of kind of what Louis Erickson is already giving them right now, which is a guy who does drive play in the right direction, is a very uh, defensively responsible player, and will you know make sure that the puck is in the offensive zone for the majority of his shifts. But his hands have not uh, kept up with what they were in the past. Is that fair to say? Is this a guy who is going to do all the right things, but perhaps uh, maybe not score as much as we might like?
1: Yeah, I think that is pretty on the nose. Um, he he does. If you look at his, either like either by the fancy stats or just by the eye test, you can tell that he's driving play. You can tell that he's getting the puck into the zone. Uh, he puts a ton of shots on net, uh, and he just is not able to convert. Uh, but if you look at it, his. Career average shooting percentage is about, I looked this up earlier today, it's about like 10.2%, uh, which is, you know, I i don't know what the league average is, if that's good or that's bad or whatever, but he has consistently been around 10-ish percent. Um, and he, I think... Kings fans' experience with him is a little bit colored because there was one year where he shot over 14%, got 31 goals, and so everyone sort of expected him to be able to repeat that every year, Um, but not really realizing that that year was the outlier and that these years where he's shooting around 10% is – you know, much more accurate. Um, He has had some of a downturn in shooting, but how much of that can be attributed to him and how much of that can be attributed to just playing on a team that overall is not particularly good at scoring, um, I, I think will be interesting to watch, you know, much like Ah, uh, Tanner Pearson, who you guys are very familiar with. Um, <laughs> Pearson was sort of in the same situation as Toffoli of doing all the thing, all the right things, like helping drive play, like being physical, like doing everything but scoring. Uh, and then he bounced around a little bit before ending up on Vancouver, and you know now is you know putting up f- perfectly fine numbers. I would think for a guy who's a little bit more of a, a depth role, and so I think Toffoli is much the same uh, of someone who just. A little bit of the hands aren't quite there anymore, but a little bit of uh, there were heightened expectations after a couple of like really absurdly good seasons. And now that he has come back to what really seems to be sort of his average, people are like, why isn't he still scoring thirty goals? Well, because that season was weird. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's it.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like the Canucks are planning here to sort of put the '70s line back together again, except uh, with Bo Horvat in the middle instead of Jeff Carter. Um, d- do you think that that is a, is a successful idea? Is is that going to translate into uh, something positive here? I know Bo Horvat uh, has basically in the past in Vancouver. Uh, Up until Tanner Pearson arrived, basically, was flying without wings last year. He was uh, a helicopter all to himself, basically. Um, It seems like there are worse wingers to have than two guys who uh, had great success in helping power L.A. to uh, their second cup of the two.
1: Yeah, I I honestly am really hoping that they get paired back together in Vancouver and like it's the softest landing that Toffoli could have. You know, he ha- already has a guy there who he's very familiar with, um, and who are he already knows how he plays. If you put them on a line together, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like no time passed at all, and. I would love to see them play together again, and I think that uh, where Toffoli has struggled, especially uh, last season uh, when Jeff Carter was hurt and um, you know re- returning from a really bad injury, is that. You know, Toffoli needs a really good center as well, uh, and he wasn't always getting that on the Kings uh, during parts of the seasons where he was sort of bouncing around between centers. And then when Carter came back, he wasn't nearly at a hundred percent anymore. Um, you know, because of still rehabbing that injury to his leg that he had, and so you know, I think that if. Horvat is used to playing with uh, wingers who maybe are not quite so great uh, that, you know, if he has these two guys on his wings uh, and he can help, you know, get them the puck and help do all the kind of defensively responsible center things that he needs to do, uh, that could be a really intriguing uh, line uh, line for the Canucks. And I, I personally am rooting for it. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, hard not to root for, I guess, two former guys from uh, the team that you follow so closely. Uh, is Was this kind of the big piece that L.A. still had left to trade heading into this deadline, Sarah? Because you and I have talked a little bit. I mean, we talked after, uh, of course, uh, the, the uh, Kings and uh, Leafs made that goalie deal for Jack Campbell last week uh, that had uh, a... a a part of that uh, contending team going the other way as well. The uh, centerman is blanking in my mind right now. I can't remember. Kyle Clifford. Uh, Kyle Clifford was a part of that uh, team, but you know, a, a guy lower down uh, the roster for L.A. certainly. This is a team that is kind of shipping off All of the beloved parts from those Stanley Cup teams, it seems like. You know, there's obviously uh, no takers for some of these pricey deals, but in terms of the guys that were actually expected to move at the deadline from the Kings, uh, did the Canucks get kind of the, the crown jewel, as it were, no pun intended.
1: Nice. Um, I do think that Toffoli was sort of the biggest name, uh, the most skill on the roster that was going to be moved. Uh, the other one that keeps getting talked about is Alec Martinez. Uh, and if they do manage to trade him, they will have trade all three players who touched the puck and got points on the cup-winning goal from 2014, uh, because it was from Clifford Toffoli and to Martinez who put it in. So uh, that is a pretty pretty big Big loss for Kings fans. Uh, Someone else pointed out on Twitter that the other two players who did not uh, get points on that play were um, Trevor Lewis and – Jake Muzzin. Muzzin has already been traded, and Lewis is rumored to be kind of on the block as well. So, all five skaters on the ice for the cup winning goal uh, could all be headed out or have already headed out uh, for the Kings. But yeah, is definitely the biggest piece that we were waiting to see what happened. Uh, Martinez is the other one that keeps coming up because uh, he still has another year left on his deal. So, he's not a complete rental. Uh, and then there's some depth guys like Lewis, uh, some of the defensemen uh, who would just be sort. Or more of who would just sort of be more kind of like random low draft pick uh, that if you move them, be great. If you don't move them, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, Toffoli, Toffoli was the big one that everyone was waiting uh, to see what would happen. And, you know, I was at the stadium series over the weekend up in the press box, and he scored those goals. And one of the guys up in the box was like, you know, first hat trick in outdoor game history, last goals as a king. And everyone's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that guy got it. He got it exactly right.
0: Proved true in the end, unfortunately. Uh, who Who's Toffoli been playing with in L.A. this year? Like, what, what kind of season has he uh, been having this year? I know it's been a down year for the entire team, but uh, how has his year been going individually?
1: He's been um, kind of moved around the lineup a little bit. He's lately been playing on the top line with uh, Andre Kopitar and Alex Iafalo, uh, which everyone knew what it was, was basically a showcase uh, to get him top line minutes. Uh, he definitely is someone who can play up and down your lineup. Uh, so if you need him to be up on the top line, he can certainly do that and certainly handle those assignments uh, very well. Uh, but, you know, I think is. Looked at more uh, as a guy who will provide you really strong second or third line scoring options. Uh, So he he's been shuffled around a little bit. He has played a bunch with Jeff Carter still. uh, He's played with some of the other younger forwards who have been brought up as well. Uh, and just has kind of bounced all over. And uh, like I mentioned, like earlier in the season, he you know wasn't looking so hot. He kind of looked a little half-assed sometimes in games. And Todd McClellan scratched him, and he w- he sat him down and was like, "This is what I expect from you." And and McClellan honestly, like he has made his case to Rob Blake of to not trade Tyler Toffoli. Like Rob McCle- or Todd McClellan is going to be really disappointed about this because he likes him as a player. Um, he couldn't stop talking about him in uh, the media availability at the the stadium series, just, you know, how he's such a hard worker. He's, you know, snake bit, but he's doing all the right things. And uh, so he's definitely someone that's going to be missed. And he's someone that uh, I think has a lot more potential that he just – maybe has run out of the keys to unlock here in Los Angeles and will be able to unlock a little better somewhere else.
0: Just like JT Miller, he was not maybe uh, finding himself in the right position in the team that he was with before. Of course, it's easier to uh, foresee that perhaps when you're coming from uh, one of the top teams in the league like the Tampa Bay Lightning versus, uh, unfortunately, a team like what the LA Kings are right now. (laughs) They try. (laughs) Sometimes. Uh, what's the mood like in the city right now? Because I'm sure if, if anyone's paying attention, and I'm not trying to accuse LA of being a bandwagon city, uh, but I guess they kind of a little bit are from my experience. I lived there for five months. I feel like I can say that a little bit. Um <laughs> It's just, At the same time, it's just five months. I'm sure there's people in L.A. being like, what the hell, man? Um, <laughs> if anybody is still paying attention, it probably hurts to see these guys get shipped out, which is exactly what we talked about uh, with Kyle Clifford, of course. But is there kind of a flip side of that, too, where... Uh, there's you know, fan excitement around the idea that they're actually doing a proper teardown rebuild. Because I can tell you right now, there is trepidation here in this market in Vancouver uh, for fans that are watching the Canucks give away picks and prospects right now to bring in aging players after going through several seasons where the Canucks had multiple aging players and never shipped them away in return for picks and prospects.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, the prevailing sort of feeling that I'm getting is just everyone's sad. Like everyone knew this was going to happen. But, you know, Tafoli has become uh, a little bit larger than life in many ways. Like some, some parts of the fan base kind of joke that like we made him. Like, you know, he did all these like funny, goofy interviews as a rookie and, you know, interviews about how he likes to take naps and eat cupcakes. And like King's fandom really just like latched onto that and ran with it because he was one of the first young players that this team has had in such a long time that has stuck with the team and didn't get traded away as a kid and, you know, won a Stanley Cup. And we basically have watched him grow up in many ways. And so I think a lot of people are, you know, really sad about that. And in this case, it's a, it's a little bit less about like, oh, like he's a superstar or whatever, but it's really more of the like, you know, he was you know very good to Los Angeles. His wife is, uh, I believe, work, worked or still works for the Dodgers. Like they're very uh, involved in the L.A. community. Like this is their home. Like they didn't want to leave, uh, but, you know, it, it is a business. And so there, there is a flip side of um, a part of the fan base that does kind of get like, Yes, this is a business. This is the way it has to go. Like you can't hold on to them forever. You have to move them out eventually and move on and get picks and get prospects to to um, you know improve your chances in the future. And so I I think the struggle now is kind of the segment of the fan base that believes in what rob blake is doing in this kind of slow tear down and building through the draft and building through trades to get picks and prospects and stuff and the other half who are like this is bs like i don't know why we're doing this like why like i don't believe i don't i don't believe it like we're just going to trade all these guys away again anyway like so i think there's a lot of like residual like Dean Lombardi trauma of getting all these really good prospects and then wasting them or sending them away for junk. Uh, So I think that there's some fear that this isn't going to go uh, as planned, but I personally think that this is the only way you can do it is you have to say goodbye to some players that you love uh, in order to, you know, the, the Kings have one of the best prospect pools in the NHL, like, and you have to play them. You have to make room for them and you only do that by Saying goodbye to guys that have been really important to you for a while. So uh there's there's just a lot of like everyone knew it was coming, but still kind of bummed about it anyway.
0: Well, this is a trade that might be like eight years in the making here, Sarah, because I don't know. I've been Googling. I have been listening to you uh, as you explain, of course, everything about uh, what's going on in L.A. and everything that's been happening with the Foley season so far. It's not like I'm not being an active listener. But I'm trying to find something online right now that will confirm my memory because I believe— Uh, eight years ago when the Canucks flipped Cody Hodson at the deadline to acquire Zach Cassian, that one of the players who was being targeted, one of the possible returns that they were looking at in a Hodson trade was Tyler Toffoli of the LA Kings. It was certainly somebody in Los Angeles and I want to say it was Toffoli and not Trevor Lewis, but my mind is uh, not quite able to make that declaration with absolute certainty. It's just funny that, you know, uh, eight years later that uh, he finally would arrive from L.A. to Vancouver. And, uh, I, I mean, this is kind of coming at a weird time for the Canucks where uh, Brock Besser is going to be out for at least another three weeks. And uh, they've, they're slipping in the standings. They're watching teams in the Pacific catch up with them. I don't know if it's a desperation move necessarily, but it feels like they made the trade that they needed to make in order to uh, give their team a little bit of a shot in the arm here down the stretch. And uh, obviously playing in important situations, like you mentioned, uh, is is nothing that uh, Toffoli's not used to.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think he'll be... Like I said, I think that he really has been looking for a change of scenery, whether he's going to admit it or not. I think that, you know, new players, new coach, new system. I think will be really good for him. And uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a good time for the Canucks. And you know, in his comments, Rob Blake was basically like, "Listen, when you know what you want to get for a player, and someone offers you that, like, just do it. Like, just take the deal. You know, there's not always any sense in waiting around, because the market might get worse. The market might dry up entirely for that that type of player. And you know, then... You have you know made a worse trade, or you didn't get to trade a guy who you had been planning on trading. So, I think it works out good for both teams. It fills a need that Vancouver has, and you know Rob Blake has one less thing on his plate to deal with in terms of how he wants to reshape this team.
0: Has there been any um, indication as far as like what Toffoli might have been thinking heading into free agency this season, uh, this summer rather? Because you know I think there's a ton of people in the city right now in Vancouver who are thinking this is a good move. If he can convince him to stay, you know, if you did not give away uh, these assets on a rental, if he sticks around, that's uh, a fine trade that I've got no problem with. But if he leaves, then I hate it. Um, is there been any indication? Was he just kind of excited to test the waters or is he kind of a private guy who didn't talk about that sort of thing at all?
1: I mean, the the comments from him basically were like. You know, I want to stay in L.A. I want to be part of the solution. I want to be, you know, he said all the things that you want to hear.
0: But not necessarily what you believe when you hear them.
1: Right. Like, and like, the only thing that makes me think that it's a little more genuine is that, like, his wife does have a very good job in Los Angeles. Like, they are very tied into the community. It's not just like a, like, we sit around and, you know, sit on the beach and, what you know, whatever. And, like, I do think that probably plays into it. Like, is she going to keep her, like you know, they're millionaires, like she doesn't need to keep her job, but she yeah. did, you know. Um. But, you know, he was saying all the right things of like, I want to be here, I really want to be part of the team, blah, blah, blah. Um. As far as I know, there weren't really any contract talks. Um, the kind of feeling was that if he was going to stay in LA, if they would have resigned him, that they probably would have tried to push for some kind of discount uh, to, you know, have him not take quite as much money uh, for his next contract. Um, but, you know, there really wasn't anything you know, it, the longer it took for the Kings to, you know, announce a contract or any sort of thing with him, the more everyone knew, like, okay, we were probably going to be moving on from him uh, at the trade deadline. So there wasn't really much public comment uh, by way of, you know, negotiations or what he was looking for. Um, I do think, honestly, like, it, it's a little bit of like a kind of funny Kings fan joke, but the fact that he is going there and Tanner Pearson is there and, uh, you know, they are you know, like they are like legit, like best friends, like, you know, Toffoli hangs out like last time that they were in town. Like there's all these pictures of Toffoli with the Pearsons and, you know, the baby calls him like uncle, uh, like it's like uncle Tyler. Like, and I I think that having a connection there, like if Tanner Pearson wants to stay with the Canucks and he can sell, sell Tyler Toffoli on staying with the Canucks, like you might have him. uh, Because I think that that probably would go a long way uh, towards, you know, given him another reason to want to stay and, you know, being on a team that has so many good young players and is coming up and, uh, looks like it could be a threat in the Pacific division for years to come. Like I think is really motivating for him as well. So I I doubt it as, as much about money as it is about just finding a good fit.
0: Oh well, that's very nice. I just, uh, you know, I, I sometimes you know well in advance like what a guy is planning to do. Like we we all knew, I think, that uh, Sergey Bobrovsky was going to head to Florida. You know, like there's certain free agent destinations for certain players where it seems uh, preordained well in advance. I just want to make sure that. Uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli is not a guy who was uh, looking forward to uh, making his way to whatever different city or whatever come free at yeah, and time. Yeah, no.
1: But I-, I, think that, I think that if the Kings had offered him a contract, he would have taken it. I don't think that – I never really got the sense that he wanted – to really test free agency and that if Rob Blake was like, here's another two year, two year deal, he would have been like, great, awesome. Uh, but, you know, now that he knows that they have moved on from him and there is some portion of the fan base who's like, yeah, sign him as a free agent over the summer. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> I like I like the idea in my heart, but that's not they, they moved on from him for a reason. Like, yeah.
0: I don't know, I just love, uh, there were a bunch of photos that came out uh, during the All-Star break where the Canucks all went away together, but there were a bunch of former teammates who went on the trip with them as well. Uh, You know, Eric Branson was uh, with the Canucks during their uh, all-star break uh, vacation. And so was uh, Sam Gagne, guys who've been part of the team in the past who are no longer there. Ben Hutton as well. So uh, it's nice to hear that there's still that connection between Pearson and Toffoli. And maybe, who knows, maybe Toffoli will be uh, a new part of those uh, all-star break festivities with the Vancouver (laughs) crew for years to come as well. Sarah, uh, I appreciate your expertise on this matter Thank you for uh, taking the time out of a Monday night, uh, late where you are in Chicago, to uh, talk to me about one Tyler Toffoli. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Please take care of him. He likes naps and cupcakes and small dogs.
0: Who doesn't? There she is, Sarah Avampato, telling you what to expect from Tyler Toffoli, the season that he has had so far, and uh, a number of different things in addition to that as well. Fuck, man, though, this is like the, the prime time that I miss being able to just pick up my phone and text Jason Bochford because... What am I thinking of right now? The report that I read as far as what the possible trade targets were that they could have got back for Cody Hodgson back in the day, that would have been a report that was written by Jason Botchford, and I would be able to just pick up my phone and text him. Uh, He would have that information in his mind, stuck in there forever, permanently. I can't remember who the guy was. I'm pretty sure it was Tyler Toffoli. Botch would be able to tell me, yeah, that was bang on correct, or no, you got it wrong, here's the guy. It's times like this, man. I mean, I miss him all the time, but... uh Would be nice to be able to confirm this instead of pouring through Google trying to look for links that tell me whether or not uh, it was Toffoli or Trevor Lewis or uh, Tanner Pearson even perhaps who the Canucks were looking at when they were looking to trade. Uh, Cody Hodson. Now, if you remember this, and if you can confirm to me that it was, in fact, Tyler Toffoli, please reach out and uh, stop me from going crazy over here. I just miss the fact that uh, there was a guy who used to know these things, and his uh, encyclopedic mind is no longer available to me at the push of a button. But uh, on that miserable note, I think that's as good of a place as any to end today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some insight into what Tyler Toffoli is set to bring to this lineup. I will be back to do this show all over again tomorrow with some further thoughts on the trade as Toffoli is set to make his Canucks debut later this morning. He is going to be at Canucks practice this morning and will join GM Jim Benning for a press conference to introduce himself to the media and the market. So I'll be back uh, tomorrow to break down day one of the Toffoli era in Vancouver Um And until then, if you want to head on over to the Apple Podcasts store or app or whatever it is and leave me a rating or a review on this program, I would be very indebted to you for having done that. I'll be back tomorrow, however. And until then, I have been and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you've been locked in on Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.